Last time on Montreal Sauce. And I'm always worried that, like, okay, there's at least four pieces of hardware in between the signal and the internet, and that um, one of those things is going to fail, and I'm not even going to know it until, like, all of a sudden Chris isn't talking to me anymore because uh, something failed. One of the two switches failed, or the time capsule decided to give up, or whatever that is. I serious. I was totally serious, like doing show notes for the next episode that's coming out. Wow, like I needed to get work done, and that was really distracting to finally <laughs> learn. Like Jonah said, Tom Cruise has a middle tooth. <laughs> Freaks me out. I think actually, now that I'm admitting, like I spent way too much time looking at that. <laughs> I think. I think I once was, this was once pointed out to me before, and I had seen those websites before, but I think I blocked it. You just completely blocked it from your memory. Yeah. I th- well, I, yeah. I think, you know, a friend of mine was a smoker and said, I'm going to a hypnotist. I said, I'm going with you because I want to forget about this middle tooth stuff. <laughs> Maybe his middle tooth is one of the silence, and uh, as soon as it's out of your vision, you completely forget about it. Yes. <laughs> you just have to keep the you just have to keep the Tom Cruise picture on your screen to remember that the middle tooth exists. <laughs> Why do I have all these marks on my arm? <laughs> Why why do I keep drawing teeth on my arm? <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> That's a movie that um I don't know. I it's been a while since I've talked to Tina, but uh I know that Tina is always into some funny stuff, and uh, there is a movie called Teeth that uh, that she might be interested in, or not, because she's now uh, a grown-up and has children. <laughs> but it's about a peculiar, I don't even know I'm approaching this subject, but it's because <laughs> it's me, but it's about a peculiar phenomenon where a woman can have teeth in some place that I don't need not mention. So, yeah. That is, is, it, is it a documentary? It is not. It's a, fic- <laughs> a fictional film. And Okay. All right. That's good. She has boys who uh, really like her, and uh, when they make her mad, well. Got to be scared of that now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of scared me just as much as the middle tooth that this is an actual thing that can happen so <laughs> it's shot in real time Sean says <laughs> <laughs> yikes <laughs> yeah so uh, what have you been playing with lately as far as uh, apps or services that you've found besides C file. Uh let's see, besides C file, uh well there's the soundboard app of course on my uh iPad. Let's see what else I've got <laughs> on here. Um I I will I will describe something and then you will play the sound that it makes. <laughs> it'll be like Johnny Carson. Like right. it'll just it'll magically work out. Right. As long as, uh, uh, whoa, hey there, (laughs) 
my podcast client is telling me all the episodes have been downloaded. Maybe I nice. should like uh, silence that. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Well, there's a uh, there's a really cool app called uh, Hopscotch, uh, which is um, probably not super relevant uh if you don't have kids but uh it is or if you're not interested in like learning how to program uh but this is an iPad app that um it kind of takes um it has like five different characters in it and then those five different characters have some pre-programmed movements that they can do but you can also create new actions for them so they give you like little building block type type actions where it's like you know, move to the left and then you can put that inside of a loop so that he keeps walking until he gets to the edge of the screen or something like that. And you can, uh, sort of build these composite, um, complicated, uh, actions for these characters, um, just based on more or less programming them. So it kind of turns into a game of, you know, what can you make these characters do? How can you make them, can you make them interact with each other? There's lots of other, like, um, you know, if you double tap the screen, what do you want them to do based on that action? So you can kind of make them responsive to what you're doing. Um, it can also read the accelerometer. So like if you tilt the iPad, you could have the character walk a certain way based on if you're tilting the iPad a certain direction. Um, so that's kind of a, that's kind of a fun one just as a, you know, learn how to program or learn about logic, but, um, do that with like, I, I think like, a seven or eight year old could get what all of the actions are. And so, um, it could be a good kind of learning program. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, another one that Evelyn has really taken to recently is, and it's not a particularly new app, uh, but it's this app by, um, 53 called, uh, paper. Um, and it is primarily a drawing app. Like you open it up and it gives you these kind of fake sort of skeuomorphic moleskine. Uh, I think that's how you're supposed to say it. Moleskine notebooks. Uh, and you open them up and uh, you can flip between the pages. Uh, I said that like feds for some reason. Moleskine. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, of course, have, like, one of the fancy, like, fat crayon um, styluses. Uh, so she uses the stylus, and then she colors on the paper in, in this paper app. And the thing that she actually loves doing is just playing with the color palette and, like, picking different colors. And then it has a little mixer where you can mix them together. Um, so she likes just playing with the colors, mixing the colors together, and then and then painting them in the watercolor mode or or whatever mode, which it's kind of cool because it's coloring. So it's very like, you know, it's very creative for her, but at the same time, we're not getting out watercolors and watercoloring all over our table or, or, you know, getting markers or crayons all over everything. It's nicely contained on the iPad and I can like save those drawings and post them somewhere if I want to or whatever, you know. But you don't you don't love her enough to have one of those big like Microsoft Surface tables that she can. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next thing I'm working on with my Raspberry Pi. Right. Yes. <laughs> a, a big table display. A big table display. Right. Which I'm sure it will be able to drive no problem. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I'm building a, a Pac-Man tabletop cabinet. <laughs> <It'd be> awesome. <laughs> 
Sean mentions uh, Spellbounders. <laughs> Fantasy, I like this. Fantasy Battle Scrabble app for iPhone and iPad. So, you know you watch too much porn when you don't think of Lord of the Rings when you read the word fantasy. So, <laughs> what kind of Scrabble app? Oh, right. Got it. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, the word bound is in there, too. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, explicit tag. Yay. Spellbounders. Yes, I um I've been using it for a week now. Uh, I remember when we had Mister Daniel J Hogan on, and he was telling us all about his adventures with Amazon and Google AdWords and things like that, and trying to make money with his comic site. And uh, <clears throat> he had said, you know, because he does that, he works really hard, and so when he's surfing the web, he does not use um, an ad blocker in his browser because uh, he himself is trying to make money from ads on his site. Right. And I recently heard of, and I've been trying it for a week, like I said, uh, Privacy Badger. And I don't know, I think it is for Safari as well, but uh, for Chrome and I'm sure Firefox. But it's a uh, a plug-in that um, is actually... I believe, if I understand correctly, it was made by the EFF. So, um, and the thing is, is it just looks for the malicious kind of stuff that comes through some of those channels of ads that are things that fake themselves as ads and malware right, and scripts. Yeah. But <clears throat> if it's a legitimate source, it will not block it. So, so I've been using that for a while in my uh, little... Uh, Gmail uh, browser, and um, it's been working pretty well. I mean, the thing is, when you use some of these tools to protect yourself, you never exactly know like when it is not working, working right. So sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it's definitely telling me like right now, like on Twitter, that it's protecting me from. Uh, a few trackers, basically. So Instagram, it's blocking all of those. And it's, yeah, basically that's what it's doing is it's uh, hitting the trackers for you. Okay, so, gotcha. Um, it doesn't exactly block, like, ads. But supposedly if it's, like, a trusted tracker or if you want to turn that on, it'll go ahead and let you flick a slider so that you can let a tracker track you if you wish, but sure. But yeah, so I guess that's, that's the thing is most of these, like I kind of started talking about Dan, most of these things, um, they just go all out, right? They block ads, they block trackers, they block everything. And this just goes through the trackers. So you'll still get the ads if you so wish. Sure. So that's been interesting. And I just read about this the other day, but I haven't done any, due diligence to try it out because I'm lonely and I'm in Canada. <laughs> but um, there's a new app for, uh, well, actually, I don't know if it's new. I just heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, an, there's an app for uh, Android and uh, iOS that is called FireChat. And the idea of FireChat is that 
it gets rid of the middleman, i.e. the network. So if per se, I think the example I read was if we were both like, you know, on the subway in New York and we were meeting like somewhere, but we didn't have signal, like it'll use the Wi-Fi radio or Bluetooth. Yeah, it does like chat. it does like yeah. ad hoc, doesn't it? So Yeah, yep. So I've seen I remember when I first got my iPod um touch, there was like a cutesy little Bluetooth like uh Bluetooth walkie talkie kind of an app. Like yep. you can do stuff yep. like that. But yeah, I just thought this is an interesting app to keep an eye on because I mean basically it's kind of like those situations that maybe you don't want to get into, but basically, it's since it's ad hoc, it's kind of like when you connect to Fire Chat, you sort of enter a chat room of everyone that's in the area on Fire Chat. So, interesting. It could, it could potentially be a little weird. Yeah, yeah. It's like a dating app, but creepier. <laughs> So are you the guy in the fedora? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the person with a rose at the table. <laughs> <laughs> really? A rose is with you? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just read about it uh, today. I actually haven't uh, done much further than that, but um, a friend of mine posted a story that uh, some folks at CERN, the lab, they uh, when the whole NSA stuff dropped last year, um, some guys just got together on their lunch hours and chatting, and they just thought, well, that's kind of creepy. And eventually they built um, a an email client that can't be snooped. Basically, it's encryption. So... Um, it's called Proton Mail. You can check it out. I guess it just came out of Alpha and is in beta now. So you can sign up to maybe get an account sometime. But huh. the article I was reading was that um, <clears throat> they recently were talked about, like on a podcast or or not, not our show. Um, but <laughs> they were recently shared on a blog or a podcast, and they got like a hundred thousand like new signups, like within like. 40 minutes so they're like wow. we've, we've had to turn off the <laughs> the new sign up form <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it actually worked for me so I did fill that out but um, yeah but I'm kind of curious because uh, again I am <laughs> why can't I ever come up with terms besides like perverse ones uh, <laughs> it doesn't have to be perverse I'm just perverse uh, I was going to say I'm a virgin when it comes to encryption encryption so, uh, sure. Which sounds funny because you would think, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I was thinking so if I got an email account from this uh, Proton Mail and I had secure email, but if I sent it one to, sent an email to you at Gmail, then it's no longer secure, I'm thinking. Yeah, unless I also, I, I mean, I don't know if they're using a um, key or yeah, yeah. What kind of what kind of encryption 
method they're using. Um, something that we were playing with at work, um, cause there are, so there's a couple of, um, standards out there for encrypted email. Um, most of them are based on, um, what are called key pairs. So, um, public and private keys. Um, and that's a system where, um, you say, okay, I want to have my email be encrypted. So I need to generate my own personal key pair. Um, and when you do that, uh, you get two pieces, you get a public key and you get a private key. Uh, and the private key is what you keep on your computer. Uh, and it, is used by the encryption program to actually encrypt the message. And then a person on the other end of that who has uh, your public key then has uh, not just permission, but the the ability to use that public key to then be able to decrypt the message. And um, one of the systems out there that is free um, to use is uh, GPG, uh, which is the GNU uh, open source version of PGP. Uh, PGP stands for Pretty Good Privacy. Um, and it uses, you know, some open, well-known um, cryptography um, techniques. And it does uh, basically exactly that, where it generates a, a, a key pair. And you post your public key um, and... You can actually, um, it, it's called a public key for a reason. I mean, they have things called key servers where you can post your public key um, and then anybody who knows your email address could pull that public key down if they wanted to. It, nothing can happen with that. Like, they can't just decrypt any email um, that you send because um, the other piece of that is in order for you to send encrypted mail to someone, you need to have their public key as well. Um, and so it's kind of a two-way mechanism where two people who trust each other exchange keys, um, then they go into a bedroom and make a baby. No, that does, that part of it doesn't <laughs> happen. Uh, they, <laughs> when they trust each other and they love each other very much, they exchange public <laughs> keys. Um, and then they can send each other secret messages that the teacher can't read. Um, so more or less, yeah, that's how it works. So we experimented at work uh, and and in college, but I'll t- I'll keep it to the work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we experimented at work with uh, using um, GPG, uh, and I still have it installed. That now, the thing about using it is um, it comes in various um, flavors. Um, there are plugins for Gmail, although it's not. Um, ideal to use, uh, at least within the web interface. Um, but there's also plugins for Apple Mail. Um, the primary thing that's a problem with that is anytime you upgrade uh, OS X, um, there's a possibility that if they made significant changes to the mail client, that that plugin will break and then you won't be able to encrypt or decrypt emails um, using that particular mail client. Now, you could still, if you you know, th- this is what I think keeps this encryption uh, away from public uh, consumption is that um, because it's not supported in most of these clients just out of the box by default, um, it's really hard for people to set up and use and stick with. Um, so, 
Well, and I mean, to that point, isn't it just, I mean, we have to set this up ahead of time, you and I, right, too, as well. It's like me, um, it's like the hassle you go through when you change your phone number, right? Like now you have to tell all your contacts. Now you have to tell all your contacts, yeah. I it. I mean, there are the, so those key servers exist to try to make that easier so that you don't have to coordinate with the other person. Like as long as I post my public key to this key server and you know my email address, you can go get my public key. And if I know your email address, I could go get your public key, assuming that it's posted. Um, but that's not, you know, (laughs) again, you have to know that all of these things exist. Um, and it's a lot of extra work, you know, it is, it is still, even though that takes kind of the coordination out of it, um, you still have to set it up. (laughs) Right. It's still, it doesn't just happen out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. It's an extra step. Like you have to tell grandma to go do this, send her emails. Right. Right. So, so attention, sir, stop my new public key. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) <clears throat> Sean brings up a good point. Like at some point, uh, some of these, like uh, you know, these plugins or even the servers themselves, need awesome names like Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis, <laughs> Keymaster and Gatekeeper. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is this is one of the things that actually makes iMessage um, somewhat interesting is that Apple has implemented um, cryptography in iMessage, um, and your device creates its own uh, public and private key pair, and it it posts the public key with the iMessage service. So all of that happens entirely transparently to the person who's using it. Like nobody who uses iMessage knows that that stuff is happening, but the message is actually encrypted from your phone all the way through Apple servers to the, to the phone on the other end. Um, and it's, it's possible, it's possible that Apple can be a middleman and kind of like decrypt the message if they, set it up a certain way. Obviously they're running the system so they uh, can still be the gatekeeper potentially. Um, But the way from how people have observed it to work, uh, it appears that the, the key pair that's being used to sign the message and encrypt the message. And then the key pair that's being used on the other device to, to decrypt it and, and to do responses. It looks, it looks like, the two devices actually through the iMessage service handle all of that negotiation for you. Um, which, you know, assuming it, it all depends on how much you trust Apple, but if you trust Apple, um, that they are not like being a middleman in terms of decrypting that message on their end somewhere, um, then you can probably, uh, then you can bank on that being end-to-end encryption. Like when I send an iMessage to another person who's also on iMessage, um, nothing in between there, that message is encrypted all the way from my device to their device, and nothing in between there is going to actually be able to to read that message, at least not without a whole crap ton of horsepower uh, and lots of time um, to be able to decrypt it. So only Apple and Gozer can see it. (laughs) <laughs> right <clears throat> which uh, I think you're 
Um, I know you're a pretty big Apple fan, um, but uh, you're pretty much... um, It's good that you are because it seems like you're pretty much chained to Apple devices now forever (laughs) because of iMessage. So this is this is true. Yeah, I can never I can never leave iMessage because I'll have to change my phone number and tell all my friends my new phone number. Uh, yes. Otherwise, yes. I will never be able to reclaim it. Everybody who everybody who tries to send me iMessages, they're they're uh they'll just go into a black hole and I will never see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a real problem. Actually, my wife sort of experienced that issue um but luckily, she only had like uh, one or two people who had um, who was iMess- all, were also using iMessage. Yeah, yeah, and so it was easy to say, "Hey, we're not getting your messages. Can you please like toggle it off and back on again?" Yeah, 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 and that was fine. But I can see that that will be a real problem for people who. Well, that's why they're in. They're getting sued by. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of people for that, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, I the the rumor on the street, and hopefully it's one that's true, uh, is that they um, they're working on that <laughs> very hard, <laughs> right. so that you can, if you actually do have that phone and you turn iMessage off on it, it will deregister the number from the service so that it so that that doesn't happen anymore. But yeah, that's um, that is a serious problem, and I'm surprised i mean i guess apple in its internal optimism could assume that once you go iphone you never go back but um that's just not that's just not realistic (laughs) or practical no i mean it's i mean it could happen tomorrow that you know microsoft calls you and asks you to work there and then they're gonna give you a crappy windows phone so right Right. For free, so you've got to take it for for free. So you've got to take it and and uh, keep your keep your iPhone in a closet or under your desk. Be, right, be, so be, a, be a closet iPhone user. No one can see it. That's a market that no one has. We should work on that right now. Is that uh, um, we should make iPhone cases to make your phone look like another phone. <laughs> right just in case like you yes. get a job somewhere and they're like you we don't you don't we don't want any camera phones or something in here then you can just be like i don't have a camera phone i have this crappy blackberry <laughs> right and right. just like flip the faux keypad down and you can use your iphone <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly where i was gonna go you just slap like a fake hardware keyboard on top of it yeah oh yeah that's obviously not an iphone <laughs> yeah, I I asked one of my friends and uh I asked him what he's working on cuz he's been working a lot lately and uh he said I can't tell you. And I said, "Okay, but really, what are you working on? Like I'm going to go spoil it. I'm going to tell everybody in our listening audience, all three of them." That's right. Um, but he's like, "They even make me tape my phone." And he like showed it to me cuz we were chatting on uh, Google Hangouts and he has tape over his camera on his phone and I was like, I don't, I don't really understand how that makes it more secure. Like, <laughs> it's tape; like I can pull it away just a second and take a picture. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was like, what that company needs is some like NSA type software, where like when you walk out the door, these two things scan the gallery of your phone and go, right. "Oh, right." 
So I, um, prior to getting the job at DDM, when I was still doing freelancing, uh, one of the things, one of the jobs that I had, uh, or that what that I had landed, uh, was with a um, a uh, what? How do how do I? phrase it a a testing facility that works with uh one of the big three automakers um, yes i i know this yes and uh and their um their their actual workspace is on one of the proving grounds for one of the big three automakers and so when you go there it's like um super super secrecy like we can't um you know, you can't divulge anything. You have to sign um, a pretty decent sized NDA, um, and then. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, and- I, I I was just thinking back to a previous show where uh, it was called "I Emoted." <laughs> I emoted. <laughs> now I want to name this show. I divulged. I divulged. Uh, yes, exactly. And they, and they, they have a very explicit policy. Like you could take a, you could take a phone with you in, but if it had a camera on it, you couldn't take it. And there, that was all there was to it. It wasn't like, we're going to stick a piece of tape on it. It it was like, um, if you want to take that, you have to come back on Thursday because we're going to need to get you approved by this guy and this guy for you to be able to take a camera back there. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll leave my phone in the car then. So, um, and at the time I didn't have an iPhone. Um, I was still using just a, you know, a flip phone, Samsung, something or other, but it had a camera on it. I mean, I could have snapped a picture of something if I wanted to. I have no idea how I would have gotten it off the phone to do anything practical with it, (laughs) (laughs) but I could have. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that I'm it it's kind of funny like I took all the time to set it up and now like uh I'm like, "Oh man, I don't want to change it." But uh one of the things as I was testing own cloud on my ArcOS is the <clears throat> I downloaded I don't think I talked about this on the show previously, but I downloaded an app called Folder Sync for Android and then I just synced my uh, galleries um, with OwnCloud. And so like every night at like uh, four in the morning, it'll go ahead and sync any pictures I've taken with OwnCloud. Nice. And I think that's awesome. (laughs) If there's any Android folks listening, they'll of course like point out that I'm an idiot because uh, Google does that for you. (laughs) But I've had that turned off since the day it began. So yeah, um, my wife, uh, she's the one who like showed me. She's like, she's like, whoa, all my pictures are on the tablet, and I was like, what? And she's <laughs> like, all the pictures I've taken with my phone, and it was like some little yeah. new yep. Google thing that they added, and I was like, what? How come? I was like, oh, right, I have the default setting not to do crazy things like that. And my wife, who's like a tech lead at her school, uh, <laughs> has all that the, stuff turned on. <laughs> she's like the one clicking OK when boxes come up. So Right, right. <clears throat> the other day I was like, why are you sending me Hangout texts? Because um, like iMessage, Google has now done that where it's just oh, like, we're just yeah. going to yep. pipe 
all your SMS through Hangouts now. And of course, the first update that they did that, my uh, phone's like, hey, do you want to use Hangouts for SMS? I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But so that's why I was following this whole iMessage fiasco, uh, because I'm like, it's coming for me too. And Google, it's probably the same thing is going to happen. So yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to go back to ICQ. Come on. Yeah. Because people ICQ. need another huge number to remember. I was going to say, <laughs> I think the last time we talked to ICQ is someone, they like spit out their number and I was like, what the what? <laughs> I think at one time I had my number memorized, but that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, it's been sinking for me overnight, uh, which has been pretty. It hasn't actually come in handy. It's just nice to have. My <laughs> it is nice pictures, to have. Yeah, pictures backed up. So, well, so one thing that um, when I had my own cloud uh, completely configured and set up and running for a while, um, this is another app for uh, iOS, and it's kind of a similar kind of concept. Um, this app is called Scanner Pro. I don't, I don't remember if I mentioned this one on the show before. Yeah, you were talking about it. It uh, scans your receipts, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just use your camera and you scan your receipt with it. Um, but the great thing about that one is that one also supports WebDAV, uh, like all of those other ones. So I configured OwnCloud as uh, an endpoint. And then you can really easy can really easily configure Scanner Pro to just take any anything that you scan, um, and you could say like anything with this certain tag, but you could just also say just anything that I scan, upload it to this WebDAV endpoint in this folder called Scans, and I'll decide to do something with it down the road. So um, I used that on uh, one of my uh, business trips and just took a picture of every receipt instead of, cause I'm always going to lose the <laughs> physical receipt. I will lose it. So, um, I would just take a picture of it as soon as I had it in my hand and then I could toss it and, um, own cloud synced those things, uh, over to my computer through that, through that web dev connection. Uh, and when I got back to the office, I had this nice like folder of all the receipts from my trip zip that up, send it over to, um, you know, the folks in HR that handle that and, uh, good to go. Um, so that's, you know, the system works, Chris. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) The system works. (laughs) I, uh, yeah. So, um, I heard a rumor today in a podcast, uh, and I don't know if it's true because rumors. <laughs> <laughs> rumors. Listen. But, oh, rumors with Chris. Okay, go ahead. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to capture that and stick it in the soundboard at some point. <laughs> uh, that's weird. I feel like uh, rumor is rumors the name of the Kalamazoo strip club. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's sorry. one of them, but I don't think it's the one you're thinking of. I'm sorry if I did you a disservice, Kalamazoo, and got the name of your strip club wrong. 
Uh, so, yeah, I was just, I heard a rumor that um, Apple might bring NFC to the table instead of their Bluetooth kind of thing. And I remember we discussed their, like, NFC competitor and uh, an earlier, either last episode or this episode, you had stated that uh, Apple doesn't like when people don't use their things or they, <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting to see if the in the upcoming event if they do happen to take on NFC instead of using their Bluetooth thing. Yeah, it would be it would be interesting. Um, I I don't hold out any hope that Apple's gonna that Apple's gonna get on the NFC bandwagon anytime soon. No, um, you don't think so. No, I don't. I don't, well. I don't know. I guess um, I just haven't heard of it being widely adopted in like payment kiosks or anything like that. So I think Apple's kind of in this mode where it's like, well, uh, until NFC is a clear winner, we're going to keep doing our Bluetooth thing because they're also getting traction with um, Bluetooth LE and this iBeacon thing. Um, like they have iBeacons now at, um, all, I don't know if it's all major league baseball, um, baseball parks yet, but a large number of the large baseball parks have these iBeacons in them where your phone like can help you guide, help guide you around the park and you can, I don't know if you can use it to pay for things, but they, it can like send messages and do wayfinding through your phone within the park, um, based on these iBeacons. Um, but then on top of that, they have that, the whole passbook thing, right? So if you buy a ticket to, to, to a game, you can have that pass on your phone and you get into the, you get into the park just by showing somebody your phone and they scan the screen and you're in. Um, so I think Apple, um, you know, in their, in their often perceived as arrogant way, thinks that they have this problem solved well enough and they don't need to get on board with something. They don't lead, need to legitimize somebody else's technology before it's made itself legitimate. I see. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's, like I said, it was just a rumor I heard. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, and then uh, I forgot about iBeacon. It's what's interesting too is if you want to travel to Vatican City, there you can use iDeacon. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I see yeah. what you did there. You see that, and yes. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> iBeacon. I deacon. Are they called deacons in the Catholic Church? <laughs> I uh Sean just made me laugh because of a typo. He, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's an awesome typo. <laughs> that is a great typo. And you're now listening to this podcast as a recording and you weren't in the live room. Too bad for you. You don't that's get to right. know what his typo was. That's right. It's wow. a good uh, it's a good autocorrect type typo though. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew he would know what the strip clubs are called. Just kidding. <laughs> um, 
I have a great Sean story, and because he can't protect himself right now, I should tell it, but I won't. Um, do you Do you want me to tell the heated seat story, Sean, to our listening audience? Because <laughs> there's five people that could know. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, NFC. My credit card has uh, NFC, and yeah, I... Um, I think it's broke, which is good. <laughs> you know, that little It's thing got the little chip in it that you can just, the fast tap chip, I think they call it. Yeah, yeah. I was using it for a while, and I don't know the real limit, but I believe there's a limit, like 25 bucks or 30 bucks. If it's more than that, you can't use it. Oh, interesting. I believe that's the thing. Um, and... Uh, I was just talking about uh, in some, like probably on Cupcake, about how, uh, you know, it's just so funny that America's finally getting the chipped credit cards. And, uh, and yeah, um, someone was like, yeah, but then all those chipped credit cards have that little NFC like chip in them. So be careful right. if you have one of those. And I was like, yep. oh, yeah, I remember ages ago, my grandma who sits home and watches like new 24 hour news cable shows, like, and get scared about everything and China's taking over the world and all these kind of <laughs> awesome things. I remember her one time saying, you know, like people can just walk up to you and get your credit card number just by standing close to you. Did you know that? And I was like, okay, grandma. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah. And my, okay, my father-in-law has like a little sleeve, which looks absolutely like no different than like paper and supposedly it protects his credit card and um <laughs> he pulled it out the other day and i was like don't all your cards have that little chip on it he's like yeah i kind of think if i put them all like in the same slot of my wallet maybe they're all protected <laughs> <laughs> and i was like you know i never thought of that i never like worried about it because it's canada there's like 12 people here so no one gets close enough to me to like scan my card but i was like <laughs> i should really think about that that is kind of a scary thing that my card is like someone could just walk by i'm sure there must be like an app for like android or other phones that use nfc that you sure. can maybe i was like that is kind of scary hmm and then the other day i was like thinking about it as I was going to pay for something at the store and the chip doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I'm protected now. <laughs> yes, yes, Sean, that is true. The first time you ever sat in a heated car, a uh, heated seat in a car, I remember the story. <laughs> I just recounted it to friends. Actually, I think it was my in-laws. And my wife just rolled her eyes because I told such a scandalous story <laughs> to her parents. <laughs> he says, go for it. <laughs> it's bad. This is a story he should tell when he comes online. But now I've just teased everyone. But then that's good because they have to tune in next time. Right, exactly. Tune in to the next episode of Montreal Sauce. Where we might have a special guest. This is when my dubstep music comes in that I'm supposedly mixing for the show. <laughs> I have to tell you, doing freelance, um, 
now living way out here, which is to say, like in a different time zone from the rest of the world, which yeah. is Eastern, is so crazy because people are like, hey, can we like meet up on like uh, Google Hangouts or Skype or something? Uh, how's 10 a.m. for you? And I'm like, that's 8 a.m. for me. <laughs> right. I'm like, no problem, no problem, because I know people got to work, they got to do their things, but yeah. it's always yeah. fun when I get, like, freelance from the other side of the world, or, like, I, like, wake up, and I'm just like, oh, um, look at all this stuff that's already happened, and it's only 8 a.m. here. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. And then, like, I always wondered for, like, years watching television as a child, like, they're like, oh, you know, this starts at 8 p.m. Eastern and, you know, this time central or mountain. And it was like, I don't understand. And then once I started learning, like, time zones, I was like, so wait, like, does this show, like, really come on at, like, 6 p.m. there? (laughs) They barely had dinner yet. Right. Well, I mean, that's the whole, that's why they have the whole, like, HBO has HBO East and HBO West, right? And it's the exact same schedule with two hours difference. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, a lot of stuff is um, totally crazy like that. Like, we're, but it's funny because, um, see, the wife and I are tremendously huge MasterChef fans. fans because my roommate when my wife was staying with me and my roommate uh for the summer uh before we got married he was in a master chef so we would come home and he'd be watching it so we started watching it and then we just got sucked in and uh <laughs> and so a new season just started this week and she's like oh we have to watch master chef and i was like oh yeah that's right so i'm like scrambling to try to figure out when it's on because we get like some crazy channels from Spokane here way up here in Edmonton. Oh yeah. So, so like our Fox channel and our PBS channel is like from Spokane, Washington or something. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, where's your Fox channel? What time is this on? And I'm like looking it up, but then I think I've covered this earlier when I, uh, when we first started doing the podcast, but TV is just so foreign to me here because so much of stuff is syndicated now, like even before it's reruns. So like, <laughs> like to me, like I know like this show is like a Fox show, but like here in the West, it's on like an ABC affiliate channel. And I'm sure, like, what the right. what? It's so crazy to my brain. I can't get it. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So, it, it was just a huge mess, and so I finally find, okay, the Master Chef's on at 8 p.m. on Monday. All right, we're good. And 8 p.m. comes on, and it's not there. And I'm like, but that's what this channel says it is. But we get, like, some sort of, like, broadcast two hours later <laughs> <laughs> or an hour later. So it's on at 9 p.m., and I'm like, I'm so confused. But, yeah, it was... It's funny, like uh, Monday when we watched MasterChef was like the first time either one of us had probably watched TV in like, I want to say like at least five to seven months because um, we pretty much, we actually we got rid of cable and so we don't have cable. It's just um, the uh, whatever comes through the same band as the cable internet. Those are the channels we get. Gotcha. So, yep. 
<clears throat> I did that in Michigan Quote as unquote, well. Basic. Yeah, well, it's not. I mean, we don't even pay for basic, right? Like broadband sure. comes down like yeah. a certain frequency, and so do these channels because they cram them all into the same right. frequency. So yeah, so yeah, and um, actually, I yeah, I think we were talking about maybe just trying to like get a pass or something to watch um, Master Chef because trying to find. <laughs> Like, even when it comes in on our uh, not cable, it's kind of fuzzy. So. Yeah. But, yeah, and we were both just like, we're going to have to watch commercials. This is weird because we were totally like <laughs> Netflix 100%. So Yeah, yeah. We have that, too. We watched, um, uh, so Will Wheaton has a new show. Will Wheaton has a new show on, <laughs> um, uh, on Siffy also known as sci-fi, um, Ooh. called the Will Wheaton project. Uh, and it's quite good. I recommend it. Um, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's kind of like his take on, uh, the soup or for people who are really old school talk soup. Um, but it's mostly like talking about, science fiction-y, um, and, and, or fantasy and, or tabletop games. Um, but that, that kind of thing where it's like clip show with commentary, everything happens in front of a green screen kind of a thing. Um, it's pretty good, but, uh, we watched the pilot and we watched it on, um, sci-fi as it first broadcast. And it was like, it's it stuns you how many commercials there are when you're not used to watching them. Like we've we even have uh, on demand right now because we are in the we're in the like six month good graces of the cable company where they want to give us a deal on stuff. So we're just taking everything <laughs> and then we'll cut it all back cut it all back down when they don't want to give us the good price on it anymore. Right? But um, we're used to like pulling stuff up on on demand. That's how we caught up on Agents of Shield. Was we um, we we rewatched everything through on demand, and even that has commercials. And they do the limiting thing on it now, where it's like you're watching this on on demand. Some features of your remote may not work. Uh, yes, you yes. can no longer pause or rewind or do anything. So, which basically just means okay, what you're telling me is. I have to get up and go to the bathroom and get my drink at the commercial. Like I'm going to walk away during the commercial. You're guaranteeing that instead of just like pausing the show anytime I want coming back and maybe already being set and watching the commercial. Um, I'm going to definitely stop at the commercial and get up and not watch it because I'm going to let it roll and come back to the show and be done at the end of it. It's just um, really uh, don't yeah. tell them that. I know, I know. Because at some point, some marketing person is going to get really smart and go, um, did you want to know what happened while, uh, you know, that character was in the other room? Watch in the corner of your screen while these commercials play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, exactly. And you can't get up and get your popcorn I'm, and your crack cocaine. I, I'm still waiting for them to just be a lot more overt about product placement. Not that they aren't already overt about product placement, but that they'll that they'll literally be like, and these agents of Shield. <laughs> Today's Agents of Agents of Shield uh, spy shot is brought to you by Samsung. It's a giant Samsung display, and they're 
Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, the character says, look at the Samsung monitor. Yes. And I never out. go into battle without drinking a Coca-Cola first. <laughs> so Thor is a big deal, but what kind of nails does he use with that hammer? <laughs> right. Why only default De- DeWalt nails, my good sir? <laughs> <laughs> The guy just comes out and he's got like <laughs> a bowler hat and a striped jersey. <laughs> sure, son, you like that Thor action figure, but don't you want to have some nails that he uses? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's you. You reminded me. I think I mentioned it before on Netflix. I decided since uh, my wife likes things light that she might enjoy Eureka. So mm-hmm. I started her watching those and I think we might be on season three and I've seen most of them anyway, but sure. it's just fun bonding time and cuddle time. Um, and they did like a season where degree, the deodorant like sponsored them <laughs> and they're like heavily featured to the point that they joke about it in the show. Yeah. But it's like crazy. Like, right? It's supposed to be this top secret, like scientific uh, place, and here's a bunch of crates with like the degree logo on it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, we just got a bunch of new supplies." And <laughs> they're wearing jumpsuits that say "degree" on them, and because supposedly they like tied it into the script where they had like now corporate sponsorship because their development was so expensive. But it was just it was they were hitting you over the head with it, and I was like, "That is not heavy-handed. That is just heavy. That is, as Queen would say, fat bottom girls." <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Sean wants. To, oh, that's you. Yeah, I can't even read anymore. <laughs> I see. Yeah, that's, I just uh, Tina and I actually just recently watched. So that was a. Um, the, the Bill Paxton show. Yes. The Bill Paxton show. Uh, the, we just watched the season finale and actually we had to, we actually ended up having to buy the season finale because although it was on our on demand, we would get to about 40 minutes into not 40 minutes into the episode, 20 minutes from the end of the episode. So we were only, you know, three fifths or so of the way through it. Um, and it was, it would just freeze. Like the on demand would just be like, and now I'm stuck on this shot of Bill Paxton's face. And of course the remote functions do not work. Um, while you're watching on demand agents of shield. And so even though you probably could have in a normal, like if it was just a DVD, you would just fast forward past that part. And a minute or two later, it would pick back up and you'd be able to play again. Um, but no, the, you know, the box is going to ignore fast forward altogether. So we ended up going to iTunes and buying the season finale because it was like, all right, let's figure out how this actually ends. Um, but yeah, I th- that's annoying. Like I've had that happen yeah. before. That's really frustrating. Um, I, f- I felt like they, um, what did they, they had like a little bit of a mid season hiatus, didn't they? Where it was like three or four weeks with no new episodes. And I feel like when they came back after that, it was a lot stronger. Um, Not the first few were um, kind of building momentum a little bit, but 
it definitely seemed like that second half of the season was a lot stronger than the first half of the season. Yeah, and then it, it was weird because I sort of felt like the finale part got a little campy again. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, spoiler, Nick Fury popping in. It was... <laughs> right, right. He does not look good. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Samuel L. Jackson, I feel like... I don't know if I don't know if he's got some health issues going on or something like that, but he's looking really gaunt. Maybe we've talked about this before on a previous episode. He, he, you did, because I was okay. doing show notes, and I was just like... That's why I started laughing. Yeah. Man, Paul really does not like Samuel L. Jackson. No, I like him a lot. I I wish him well. I hope that uh, I hope that he's you, not sick and he's just uh like losing some weight. Um I think you to be cursed healthy. Him. <clears throat> you're you're a gypsy and you cursed him like that Stephen King movie thinner or whatever. Well, I, I mean I'm just I'm just worried about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like him a lot. Um, he, he just uh, so the 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 last time the last time I can remember seeing a prominent public figure um, kind of lose weight and become gaunt like that, it would be you know Steve Jobs would be the one that's in my mind of like uh, for a long time. Obviously, having health issues, pretty much publicly denying them. Um, and even when publicly acknowledging them, not really honest about what was going on with it, um, didn't really treat it the right way, probably ended up dying early because he didn't treat it, uh, the way that he could have. Um, and so I, I see Samuel L. Jackson also becoming quite gaunt in his later years. And I'm like, Ugh. and I don't know how old he is. I mean, maybe he's, um, He's he's been around for quite a while, so he probably is is getting older. Um, but he seems too young to uh, to be having any real health failures. I would think. Yeah, I watched the. You had mentioned like a Capital One commercial or something. Um, that's what I linked to in the show notes for an upcoming episode. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's wearing David Tennant's suit in that one. He's so skinny. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yep. That's, I did. <laughs> I did link to the good, the right one. Correct. Good. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't think he looked too bad, but I do think he's thin, but I feel like a while back he was in some silly, funnier die video and he looked kind of thinner than I expected. Yeah. But then, in um in Captain America Canadian Soldier, uh I was like, Oh, he's uh <clears throat> he looks big because he's wearing like, you know, some sort of muscle suit or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I believe that was the the comment that uh he um Jonah said he looked like he was pretty beefy in that one. I was like, I figure it's all the clothes. Yeah. Yeah, and, I if mean, the, if, and, if the camera adds ten pounds, then like an IMAX camera must add about sixty. <laughs> right? <laughs> How many cameras did you have on you? <laughs> oh, what? Uh, um. So yeah, yeah. Sean says he was born in in forty eight, so he's 
probably 66, 66 or 67 this year. So yeah, that's, that's getting older, but these days, I mean, I wouldn't consider that old by any stretch, certainly old enough to like have some kind of cancer or something like that. So, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to learn that he's got something happening health wise, but, um, like I said, I, I like him. I want him to make more stuff and not just as Nick Fury, but like just <laughs> more stuff in general. Um, I'm sorry for accusing you of not liking him. No, that's all right. I, I don't need any more Mace Windu. I'll be honest about that. I don't need any more Mace Windu, but. But maybe a purple lightsaber. <laughs> Are you are you going to uh are you going to eventually redo the uh prequels in audio? Oh boy. I think <laughs> that's a question for Sean, I think. <laughs> <You'll>... <laughs> I can record it. I can record it from afar. I don't know if Sean has a copy of Pro Tools handy that he can use to edit with. So um did he uh did I know you did lots of voices for that did he uh actually um fill in and do some voices uh if needed or no for that He project? did. He did. He supplied so he supplied the voice of Emperor Nixon, of course. Um and there were others too. Uh that was the big one though. So so then that's what you need to do is you uh you need to dig that up before we have Sean on uh next week or whenever he comes on and you need to dig up the clip so then we can be like a classy show and play a clip of his work before he Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> put it I've in got I I have them somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> here I have uh a CD, a CD-ROM of the penultimate oh. uh Star Wars audio radio drama oh no that's that's funny because uh it's probably like where do you find a cd drive yeah yeah the first one a new hope is probably the most complete from the perspective of um it has a lot (laughs) in the tradition of montreal sauce uh, or maybe Montreal sauce is in the tradition of it. It has lots of foley done by people making noises with their mouth. Um, <laughs> so it actually has a lot of sound effects kind of layered in there, but they're all fully done by people making sounds with their mouth. Um, whereas the, um, the later ones that we did, uh, I don't think Sean or I ever got around to recording the sound effects. I'm sure we both wanted to, um, but we basically got through recording as much of the voice as possible. And I think they have like um, double, yeah. All in the in a new hope. There's more. There's a lot more voices in the other ones as well. Um, whereas in. Uh, in um the later the later two since they were primarily Sean's um senior project it was pretty much me and him <laughs> spending lots of nights in the uh in the audio booth uh the easy bake audio booth and uh and getting lots of um chinese food and or subway <laughs> 
welcome to the jungle. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Was it uh, Zoidberg that I did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it you that I answered the phone with one time doing that? I don't know if it was me or if it was just Sean was telling that story because oh, okay. it just cracked him up. <laughs> yeah, I said that once, and uh, yeah, it was it was definitely somebody who is not amused, um, right? And they were looking for Joe, and Joe was not around, so they were even more not amused that not only did they have to put up with like this crazy kid answering the phone in a weird voice, um, and then the person that he wants to get isn't there either, so. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It is a Montreal sauce tradition because we have talked about that many times. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's some inspiration for my uh, theme song building. There you go. Season three will have a theme. We'll have a theme song of Foley done with people's mouth. <clears throat> Yeah, because uh, my um, my Media One project, my first uh, like Media One was like the first video class I took, and the final project uh, I did like a mock of a um, <clears throat> a very famous um, short film, and this film uh, had a soundtrack. That was added later because it was a silent film when it originally came out. But um, this experimental film had a soundtrack that um, the woman, Maya, what was her name? I feel really bad. I struggle with these things when we're talking. (laughs) Uh, She started dating someone in her film career um, who uh, played like, music and so he did the soundtrack in this like strange like it's like it's not strange it's like an asian feeling thing so once the movie was updated with like a soundtrack it had like this like airy like asian tones to it and then like because there was some (laughs) camera trickery from those days you know just quick cuts to like oh it's missing from my hand and now it's there um he just did like little drum beat or something like that and so to redo the uh, sound for that particular uh, parody that I was filming I um, I bought a recorder at the dollar store and a kazoo and <laughs> I recorded them in a sound studio because I didn't have access to it because I was just a lowly stu- student so sure. I made my own sound studio the best I could come up with that was like soundproof and it didn't sound bad was my Ford Escort so I recorded like recorder playing, which I have no musical talents and kazoo. And then I ended up layering like kazoo on top of each other to make this like scary building noise, which was pretty fun. I used it when I was teaching later, like, look, just one little sound clip. I just keep putting it together and it sounds real scary. And then because I couldn't quite get like the, uh, the feeling right with the music, um, I just ended up just foleying it with my mouth. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so my soundtrack is like, yeah, yep, you got it. Nice. You're hired. Perfect. I needed a job. 
I like it when you make the mouth music. <laughs> All right. When Chris starts doing voices, that means it's time to sign off. <laughs> yes. We are, we are at a quarter, a quarter past two hours on the, on the recorder. And the live stream has been rolling for almost three hours now because I threw some music on it ahead of time. So people knew that we were going to be, that we were going to be on shortly. So. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, I am at Paul D on Twitter, uh, as well as app.net. If anybody goes there anymore, uh, as well as, uh, cupcake. I think I have Paul D on cupcake. Yeah, I do. Yes. Um, and probably other places. I actually was using Instagram again a little while ago. I think I'm Paul D on that as well. So, I think I saw that. It freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. I I decided I had given I had given them enough of a penalty non-participation timeout um, after Facebook bought them. Since I'm on <laughs> Facebook anyway, it's like, well, what? What? Who am I protecting my data from anyway? So. Yeah, I uh, I did the same thing with Netflix. Like I totally left them when they split their service, and we're like, we're gonna do one Quickster. service. For, yeah. yeah, for DVDs and one service. I was like, that's I'm done. Yeah, I I'm actually, back. <laughs> I, I quit it for a long time, actually. And then, did you? Yeah, and then the wife. Uh, we were not yet married. Like Canada had just like when they did that split, like they showed up in Canada because you couldn't even do Netflix in Canada then. And so ah, she's like, okay. I decided to try this Netflix thing that you were talking about. And I was like, oh, I don't use that anymore because you can't get DVDs. And she's like, they don't offer DVDs. What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, oh yeah. <clears throat> so I think that was part of their plan. Like, oh, we can be global if we don't have to ship DVDs to Canada because shipping is crazy. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, I am talking too much. And- <laughs> At talking too much on Twitter. <clears throat> Let me get that name real quick. Uh, I am at sick days on the Twitters and the cupcake in the app dot net, which I haven't checked in a very long time. <laughs> I was gonna promo the show there, which explains one person in the chat room. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, who knows if you can find me on the Facebooks because supposedly I'm private, but that never works. Because they change all the time. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, find me on the Twitter, the emails, the website. I think there's a Sick Days website somewhere. And um, <laughs> blag, blag. You can blag. get to my. You can get to my blag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't have a car, so don't ask me to come see you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Google will Google will be sending one shortly. Yes. Because I have an Android, so you iPhone users, they're like, oh, there's no app to call the car. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Apple App Store won't let us in. Yeah. we love to make one, but it would need to run in the background. <laughs> Why would it need to run in the... It just would. It just would. Okay? We're Google. Trust me. That was my Google impression, apparently. Cool. <laughs> it would just need to run in the background, okay? <laughs> it's like California Surfer. I like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Apparently. Totally Even though it's Apple that named their software Mavericks. Wait, Go- wait. Google are the surf- surfers. Now we have to go full circle and you have to do your Google voice. And then what was that service called? It wasn't Google Buzz. It was Google Wave. <laughs> Ride the wave, man. (laughs) Nice.